0: Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today.
1: Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome to The Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. The Spotlight focuses on highlighting stars, greats, and game changers. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. Today's Spotlight interview is with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. But first, yes, you know it, some news for you. With over 2 million downloads on my weekly talk shows, our audience is loving our guest interviews, and I just want to say, thanks a million, or actually, thanks two million. And I am now on television with the Tony D'Urso TV show. Check it out at TonyDurso.com slash TonyTV. And if you want to get some major shout outs for your business or get interviewed, just go to TonyDurso.com slash TV and check out the links. All right. Today, we set the stage for the spotlight to chat with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. Now, succeeding in the entertainment industry, both in front and behind the camera, Jenny Paul's going to chat with us about current roles as an actress on major digital networks, Hulu and Netflix, and as a producer and part of the creative team behind Cameron Douglas's first post-prison acting role, Dead Lair, and currently starting on the hit Hulu show, The Looming Tower... As recurring character Maureen, Jenny also starred in the first episode of this season of Netflix's Jessica Jones opposite Kristen Ritter. And the list of great accomplishments continue. And I mean a list, a long list of great accomplishments. Let's find out more about this. All right, here we go. Welcome to the spotlight, Jenny. Hi, how are you? Jenny, I am an Italian teenager here. I am so excited to meet you. I love what you do. (laughs) And you know, being in TV myself now, I now have another layer of admiration for your work. So the honor is all mine. Thanks for spending some time to hang out with us. Of course. and Thanks for having me. Well, great. Jenny, the first question burning on my mind. You've done so much. I got to ask, how did it all start for you? Oh, how did it start? Well, back,
2: I guess, back to high school, I was very into theater in high school and then went to Brandeis University for pre-med um, and decided it really wasn't for me. And so I kind of fell into theater as a, as a secondary thing after I realized that, um, <laughs> that taking care of people was my calling, but not in the medical profession. And I kind of fell into theater and I fell in love with what it But at at its best, what it at its core does for people and the generosity that it brings when it's really done well. Um, So that's kind of where it started. And then I moved to New York right after college. And I've been here acting and producing ever
1: since. That is quite something. So in high school, were you acting in high school plays and so forth? Is that?
2: Well, a lot of high school theater, of course, thinking it was just a hobby at that time. And then, you know, kind of turned from a hobby into a profession when I ended up theater major at Brandeis.
1: Now I'm not sure where that's located. When you went to New York, you actually decided that you were going to pursue this career, or was it back in Texas?
2: Uh, well, I was. I went to high school in Texas, and I went to college in Boston, and uh, and then I moved to New York right away after I graduated. I was auditioning on the weekends from Boston in taking the bus, the Fung Wa bus down to New York, um, which anybody that knows that bus back in the day it was was a scary proposition. There was a solid chance that the bus would blow up on the way.
1: (laughs) What's the name of that bus? You said it so fast I want to hear that again.
2: Fung Wa bus? I don't think it exists anymore. Now they're called the Chinatown buses.
1: Don't tell me it Um, blew up and that's why it it doesn't uh, exist anymore.
2: (laughs) Indeed, but uh one of the trips I was taking, actually the one that I took that actually booked me my first New York job, was driving down Highway ninety five, coming from Boston down to New York. And um the the bus that was passing us in the right lane actually did not like blow up in a major way, but definitely had some sparks flying and things like that and and, you know, I, I didn't think that the rumors were true, but I saw it for myself.
1: Oh, my God. So, what a visual. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the whole company has gotten themselves the shape, if not disappeared by now. But that was the $10 bus from Boston to New York. And being a poor college student and soon to be poor, starving artist, it was either that or, you know, not go. So got on the explo- uh, explosive buses and I, and I went.
1: <laughs> well, now that kind of fits the whole thing. And now you are working on The Looming Tower. Can you tell us all about this and maybe take us behind the scenes a little bit?
2: Sure. Um, so I, I shot The Looming Tower last summer. And during, I think it started in May through October. And if, for anybody who hasn't seen it or heard of it, it's a, it's a limited series, a mini series about the road to 9-11 and how the people involved with the FBI and the CIA may have allegedly missed he uh, missed the boat on on the warning signs for 9-11. And so it really delves deep into uh, what happened on the FBI side and the CIA side and the mismanagement and the miscommunications between the two departments, leading us to actually have 9-11 happen without it being caught ahead of time.
1: Yeah, I've heard about some of these would you say that the story has a, a high degree of accuracy? Are, are you portraying real events in the, in the Looming Tower?
2: I believe yes. Um, it's based on a, I guess it's a nonfiction book called by the same title called The Looming Tower that won the Pulitzer Prize at some point. So they actually did a really nice job of keeping the story dramatic, but also true to the research and to the developments of the actual time. Um, so it's actually it's actually produced with the intention of being largely nonfiction, even though it's dramatized for Hulu.
1: I see. And I was just checking Rotten Tomatoes. And for the audience here, Hulu's uh, it's a miniseries. It ranks 96 percent. That is really high. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know it
2: was that high. It, it, it's it been very well received. Um, I think, you know, I think having a show like that and the cast and ensemble of the, of the piece is so, so good. And so, so perfectly melded together. Um, I think it was a, a big pill to swallow. So, you know, I think it, it, it is did and is doing very well, but it's also a lot, you know, for people that watch TV, just, you know, for entertainment, even for people that watch the darker stuff, it's, it's a, it's a big a big pill. so um, so if, you know if you want to sit down and watch the show, you have to kind of be ready for some serious stuff because it hits it hits home in a lot of ways, both literally. Um, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so for a lot of people, you know, that literally hits home and then for others, it's just you know it's, it's kind of like if you sat down to watch a documentary dramatized documentary about you know shooting JFK, there's a lot of personal stuff there for people.
1: So I think shooting JFK, wait, this is about nine eleven. This actually goes yeah. back into what flubs or mistakes, or can you, can you give us a little more on that?
2: Oh yeah. I think, I think what I meant by the, the, the assassin of J, JFK, it's, it's the thing, it's the thing in the rumors generations marker of, you know, where were you at this time and how did it make you feel? And I think 9-11 is the same for the, for the next generation and also for the boomers, too. Again, it's, the, it's, it's something that we all have associations with as Americans. Um, and so this, this particular piece is, is very hard, um, especially for anybody who is remotely close to 9-11 because it basically talks about, you know, you know kind of the detailed, paints a detailed picture of how the government sort of failed in protecting us. And so I think, you know, I think going back, it's really interesting stuff, and it's a real picture of humans and human communication, how things can go right, how things can go wrong. Um, but it, it's it's a big pill to swallow knowing that, you know, had our, had our government been a little more uh, on top of their game, that we might have not had this, you know, we might have been able to...
1: It's a very sad story, Jenny, and it's hard to be even exciting or interesting and do an interview because it's such a, it's a sad subject. And and I noticed when that happened, the most eerie and bizarre thing ever in my life occurred. I'm on California time, you know, three hours later, and I woke up at that time, right at the time of the first tower being hit by that jet. And I did the weirdest thing. I've never done this in my life. I not only got up at five something in the morning, whatever it was, or six Pacific time, I turned on the TV and I turned on the news as if that was what I was supposed to do. I've never done that in my life. And here I am watching the tower as it was just hit. And then watching real time live as the second one was hit. It was so surrealistic. It was like, how did I know? why did I get up so early to watch TV? I don't get up that early. Not anymore. You know, and it was just such a strong moment. I mean, talking about this, even momentarily just makes me relive that. And again, we'll, I'll do, we'll do our best to talk about something that, that's, that's sad. It's very, very sad. So let me segue slightly. You have some really good regulars there, such as Jeff Daniels. What's it like working with him?
2: Um, well, Jeff, Jeff is a very, very, very kind hearted man. He and I actually didn't work together on this. So, Jeff in, in the series was the head of the FBI contingent of the story, and I was a CIA agent. So, never the tween shall meet, which is kind of the interesting part of the story is that theoretically they should have all been working together to make this, you know, to, to solve this problem of, of Al Qaeda becoming powerful. Um, so I actually did meet him and he's lovely, but we never actually worked together. Um, he and I sat one day in the hair chair every morning when <laughs> you get up, you maybe know, you get up at five in the morning and you show up on set and the first few hours are a little bit of breakfast and a lot of chit chat and a lot of coffee and sitting in the makeup chair and the hair chair. And so the nice thing about that and that first thing in the morning is you kind of get people at their, at their most genuine because nobody's. Nobody's high wired yet, and there's not any pressure, and you're just kind of hanging out. And so he and I uh, would chat about um, how how difficult it was to learn Arabic for the show for him. Um, they had a they had a specialist on set that would teach everybody how to properly say things in Arabic because there was a lot of Arabic in the script. Because theoretically, a lot of these different people spoke portions of Arabic, but especially in terms of pronouncing the names correctly. Um, And a lot of the CIA agents spoke Arabic, the the contingent of women that I'm one of in the show spoke Arabic. So we did a lot of reading, quote unquote, Arabic. And obviously you don't have to actually be able to read it to portray that you're reading it. But speaking it is another story entirely. And so this was a big deal on set for all of us not to screw this up. So that that was the that was what we ended up talking about as you know, his morning dose of Arabic things that he had to learn and <laughs> grew up. Um but he did a brilliant job and so did everybody else that had to do the Arabic because we had a coach, but also just everybody took it that seriously and everybody wanted to do it properly. So um so that was kind of the conversations that we would have um on the in the
1: in the in the hair makeup chairs as it were. The hair chair. Well, thank you for sharing the hair chair story with us. That's very good. This is the Spotlight with Tony Dierso. Just ahead, the chat continues with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment.
3: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel.
4: America Influencers Channel and get amplified.
0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
3: We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Irso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to
1: the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Irso on the Spotlight. Check out my other great interviews at Tony slash radio. Or using your Android or iPhone, get the app at tonydurso.com slash mobile. That's tonydurso.com slash radio or slash mobile. Today's show is with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. Hulu's miniseries, The Looming Tower, currently ranks a high 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and has become a fan favorite, being described as an incredible 9-11 story with passion and power. The show also features series regulars such as Jeff Daniels. All right. And now back to the chat with Jenny. I'd like to ask about another movie here or a film. Actually, it's an indie film, Dead Layer, and you're working with Cameron Douglas, who is, of course, Michael Douglas's son. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah. um, So last, I guess it was maybe late summer, October, right as Looming Tower was ending, a friend of mine from the acting world came and pitched me on this idea of, of a movie. And I thought, you know, that's really interesting. You know, Who's writing it? Who, who do you have in mind to direct it? And, uh, and he said, well, me, and I said, well, okay, you know, can I, can I see some of your samples and this sort of thing? And he was coming to me as a potential producer and I read it. It was, it was a really, really interesting world that, he was bringing to the table a kind of greedy underworld, Bushwick, graffiti art, um, interesting sort of people that are a little, bit, um, a little bit underground, as it were. And he really was focused on wanting to showcase that world. And he thought, you know, he lives in Bushwick and he thought, really, nobody's ever really done this well. Um, and so we started chatting about, you know, what, what the script needed still and you know, what would be needed in order to do this. And then I got a call from him a couple of days later telling me that he has a co-potential producer, um, Dacian Thurman, who is actually Uma Thurman's brother, who has a connection to Cameron Douglas, and he thinks he would be perfect to play the lead. In the show, the lead's name is Danny, and I actually completely agree with him because the, uh, the hero character here is about, um, is, is basically a guy who is kind of, renewing his life in a similar manner to the way Cameron is. Um, after, after having been through the ringer and back and trying to figure out how to, how to move forward and be an artist and in a world that, that the art isn't really respected, but he's really, really talented. Uh, so basically, it turned out that there was a connection there, and, and so we started developing the piece with Cameron in mind, and it kind of spiraled from there. And we got an all-star team, and we ended up shooting a demo piece. It's a short um, to push for a feature in last December or so. And so we shot it, and we shot that, and we made a trailer out of it. And um, it's just starting to basically make the festival circuit now. So it just had its premiere in L.A., actually two or three days ago, at the L.A. Shorts Fest. And um, it's going to premiere here in New York at two different festivals, and, um, and I think now they're kind of starting into negotiations and trying to get a future push. I think there's a, a few people in, the, in, in talks for that. I don't, I don't know how much I can share about that. But what I can say is Cameron is uh, a very, you know, a very talented and interesting guy both to watch and to follow as somebody who's interested. And so I, there's a lot of interest both. In the piece because of Cameron, but also in the piece because the world is just a very cool, pretty one that it's not something we've seen yet. So, um, so I think you know, this could easily become a feature which is already in drafts, or it could easily become a world piece like The Wire or Deuces if if it's something that if it's something that you know could develop into bigger bigger pieces. And so I'm excited to see what happens and help it move along um, as it as it does. So that should that's it's very exciting and and it's just now hidden in the festival circuit. So we'll see and crossing fingers on that one.
1: Thanks for sharing that about Cameron. And that's great that it's now premiered. Where can our audience find this? Netflix, Hulu? How how can they see this movie Dead layer?
2: Um actually at the moment they can't. But if you want to look up um Instagram and uh, Facebook, there are pages there that people can see the trailer, which is actually really, really cool. Um, so they can take a look and kind of follow what's going on. And once it's hit the festival circuit, then, then it'll become available online. Um, a lot of the festivals have rules about premiering things online before they've made it to the festival. But there's a lot of cool information out there. So it's definitely, definitely searchable on social media.
1: Okay, will you hear that? The spotlight audience, you can't watch this movie. So, sorry, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get you all ready, but you can't watch it. But if you're nice, we're going to let you watch the trailer. Just go and search Dead Layer and Cameron Douglas as one of the stars. Jenny Paul as well. And listen to the trailers. Get into the feed and hope and pray someday it's going to come to a platform near you. (laughs) I love it Uh, thank you well and there's another one I wanted to make sure we had time to talk about please and I hope it's not x-rated the series is called adulting
2: oh yes not at all x-rated probably the opposite
1: oh goody all right then we can talk about it because this is kind of a family show all right Jenny tell us about the show
2: well this one I'm particularly excited about because I'm in the middle of it all right now um, but this is called adulting with Jane is the show. And d- have you ever heard the term adulting before?
1: No, I'm sorry. It's new to me. I could, I could Google it though. Oh,
2: not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's perfect that it's new to you. It's, it's new to a lot of people. And, uh, basically the word adulting has, has become the word that people use specifically millennials, but everybody a little bit of things that you have to do as an adult. That you don't necessarily want to do, that you don't necessarily know how to do, but it's kind of part of being a grown up. So we talk about, you know, adulting might be having to get up in the morning and go to work. So you get up in the morning, you get to work on time. Yay! I adulted today. So that's the, that's what the word adulting has come to mean. So um,
1: oh my so goodness,
2: yes, it's, it's uh, <laughs>
1: that's sad- hilarious. <laughs>
2: Is that uh, I paid my bills? I adulted today. I started a savings account. I adulted today.
1: Woohoo!
2: So, <laughs> so this Bye. has become a complaint, but also a celebration because it's a big deal for a lot of us that are that you know that basically grew up thinking, okay, well, you know, one day we're going to have to do all this stuff. Somebody will teach us, and then you get to that age and you realize nobody's going to teach you this stuff. You got to go figure it out by yourself. <laughs> So so that's basically the concept of the show is, is adulting with Jane. Jane is, a, a, you know, an everyday girl who is a millennial who basically does her day and hits up against something that maybe she doesn't know how to do, but feels like she should know how to do it. So Jane, you know, is, is at a coffee shop and she's wearing a button down shirt and a button pops off the shirt. And she chases it down and, you know, under the coffee table and realizes, oh, God, I don't think I know how to sew a button properly. And so then what happens theoretically in the show is that is that a celebrity mentor appears to teach her how to sew a button. Somebody who who knows their their business, like Tim Gunn, for instance, he shows up, he teaches her how to sew a button really quickly um, and teaches her how to you know, have confidence in knowing that she's going to sew it back and shows her where the button, the extra button might be on the seam of her shirt that she may not knew, have known it was there. She says he helps her sew the button back on. He disappears. She knows how to sew a button though. So the concept is basically these celebrity mentors teach Jane how to do everyday things. Sew a button, change a tire, um, how to know when a, a pasta is done. Things that most of us do know how to do because we picked it up over time, but maybe not. And um, I think that's a a big thing that people deal with, especially as millennials, is that we don't necessarily know how to do all the things we're supposed to know how to do. We're sort of winging it, trying to figure it out.
1: What an interesting concept. I can totally see that as being very successful. When's that planning to come out?
2: So that show is well in development. Um, It probably will start airing next spring we're going into pre-production actually in a couple of weeks. Um, I just got back from my honeymoon yesterday of all days. And so as soon as, uh, as soon as I get a little time to catch up with myself, we're going to pick up where we left off in June. So we have, the show is 90% written and the celebrities are on board. And so we have to, you know, we start pre-production and we start looking at locations and miscellaneous cast that aren't gain and the celebrity mentor and, production design and costumes and all of those things have to happen first before we shoot. Um, But probably next spring is when we're looking at um, having our first episodes actually online where people can see them,
1: anybody, anywhere, for any reason. Well, very cool. And I didn't want to interrupt you, but congratulations on getting married. That's fantastic. Good for you. you. Yeah, this was,
2: this was great. We went to, uh, we went to Thailand and Cambodia and Vietnam And it was amazing. And I was shocked that I was able to get enough time to, you know, off to go do this. But it was wonderful. And I'm so glad I did.
1: Well, congratulations to you and the mister. And I I wish you all the best. You have some catching up to do this December. I will be with my wife 26 years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Just so you know, it can be done.
2: I, I, I. (laughs) I hope so. I do. Did you do something wonderful for your
1: 25th? That's going to take me some time to pause and look at the calendar. So I I can't quite say no. (laughs) No, no. I don't think we did. We don't celebrate it that way. You know what we celebrate, believe it or not? We celebrate the anniversary of our first date. and And we consider that's when we went to our time together. Our first date was on December 26th, and we were both or are both now I don't know anymore, but amateur photographers with the real cameras before the iPhones and all that. And <laughs> our date was to go out and shoot pictures. And we did that for we did that for years. We would go out and shoot all sorts of pictures, you know, downtown Los Angeles, nature, everything and anything we could find. And that started our common bond. That's amazing. Well I, I love that. I, I'm still I still haven't
2: calibrated to the fact that our anniversary changed, you know, last when we got married, because you're right, we've been celebrating September 4th for years. And now do we have to, ship, do we have to switch it? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe we don't have to. <laughs>
1: well, I love it. I can only say, pick that as the anniversary, because every time you think back on your first date, it just, it puts your attention on the start of a great relationship. I like that. There you go. You just did some adulting here. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it. It's
1: perfect. Okay. This is the Spotlight with Tony Dierso. Just ahead, the chat continues with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment.
3: Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
1: You heard that a majority of businesses fail. Don't be a statistic. Get my book free, The Vision Map. Beat the odds for your business success. Get it free at TonyDurso.com slash vision and set up your own successful vision map. Tony, D-U-R-S-O dot com slash vision.
3: Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators, to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
4: It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert. And you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The future of online TV is
0: here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today.
3: Hear the stories, be motivated, be inspired. Join us today, Voice America Influencers.
0: You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDUrso.com.
1: Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony Tierso on The Spotlight. Today's show is with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. While there may be many actresses in the entertainment industry that are happy remaining in front of the camera, Jenny effortlessly shows her talent behind the screen as well. As a producer, she recently wrapped up the indie short film Dead Layer. All right, back to the chat with Jenny. All right, and now, unfortunately, we have to tell the audience they can watch this film adulting it's not like oh you can't watch it it's actually going to be available next year yes
2: so as soon as as soon as the episodes there, they'll be online for everybody that's one of the goals of the show is to make it accessible to anybody that wants to watch at any point
1: any particular place when you say online any particular
2: uh, my definite is adultingwithjane.com It'll also be on um, Amazon Prime. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Vimeo. It'll be on Roku, Apple TV. Basically, every, distri- every distribution platform that's not a private one will have it. And then, um, and then maybe some additional ones if, if they're willing to let it be open, you know, open source. So if they're willing to share with other, with other companies, then they'll, then we'll, we'll also have it on there as well.
1: Well, very good. And thank you for sharing on that. And there's one more project that I wanted to find out a little bit more about. I don't think it's filmed. I think it's a project. The Blue Mountain.
2: Yes. The Blue Mountain. Um, I actually don't know quite what's going on with that. We shot it in February. It was an amazing cast and crew. And I was working with uh, actually a set of guys that I met on the set of Looming Tower which was very cool. Um, they actually thought of me for for a, a particular part without my auditioning at all. They called me and said, you know, we want you to come and do this film. And um, it, the guy's name's Andrew Grave. And I said, absolutely. I love you guys. So I went and shot it. Um, I shot my, uh, my big chunk of the scene at LaGuardia Airport, which was quite an adventure. We basically had to go and run and steal the shots. So if anybody knows LaGuardia Airport right now in New York, it's under construction entirely. So there's, it's construction from top to bottom. So they really wanted to get a clean shot of the airport. So in order to do that, they had to kind of sneak around and figure out what angles they could take so that the whole scene didn't look like construction. So it was really, it was a really cool day, basically running around trying to, you know, make it look like it's a complete airport where it's actually not right now. It's got, you know, signage everywhere. And, you know, it says, you know, closed until 2019. And it was, it was, it was, it was a fun day. Um, But it was very, very cool. And I played the mother of the child version of the main character in that one.
1: Very interesting. And this film is all shot and done in the can, ready to ready for distribution.
2: I believe that is true. I, I think this also this film is a short, and it's also it's also designed to go to feature. So if it does go to feature, they'll I'm sure they'll do a lot more shooting days to pick up things and and um, you know and extend the story. But I believe I believe it is done, and I haven't heard what's gonna you know what's gonna be with that yet. But I am excited to find out. It's, oh. it's interesting as a producer, you always know what's going on. As an actor hardly ever (laughs) so it's fun to watch and you know kind of
1: see what happens okay well all good because dear audience you can't see this movie now so (laughs) that's fine (laughs) that's good don't bother trying because you cannot see the blue mountain with jenny paul it doesn't exist it's not possible
2: not possible you can you can see the dead layer trailer you can look at the adulting jane website and you can definitely see looming tower on hulu and jessica jones on netflix that you can definitely see they exist
1: so you're going to have to join jenny paul on instagram twitter and just pray every day she may say something about the blue mountain All right. And any particular actors, actresses or anything else noteworthy, anything behind the scenes? I mean, you've already told us about the airport. Very interesting. So we would so if we ever by luck see it, we would never know that the airport was being redesigned and rebuilt then. Anything else you can share about that? About the LaGuardia Airport? Well, the about the, the Blue... Blue the Blue Mountain because <laughs> because I'm curious about this movie. I'm never going to be able to see why it's the Blue Mountain.
2: Oh. I, my understanding, although I didn't, I wasn't there for a lot of the shooting is it's, it's actually a story about a boy who is traveling with his father to a mountain and, and basically it's about their relationship and they kind of get to know each other again through, through basically being on a mountain together. So that, that's the mountain. Um, That being said, you know, uh, you get to, when you're an actor, you kind of get to drop in and do your, you know, half a half of the thing. And then you go, unless, unless you're the lead in the thing, you really don't, you know, you really don't get to see all of the angles of everything. But, um, but this, if, if I recall, if I recall back when I read the script, it was really, really well done. So that's always a good indication that it's going to be something special. And I do know that the guys, you know, that worked on living tower are amazing. So I trust that it's going to be great.
1: I trust too, for the movie, I'm not going to watch. It. And it's going to be exciting someday to hear about it on your Twitter and Instagram feed. <laughs> that's just the life. You know? <laughs> it's the it's, life. No, I understand.
2: Been out All year long. Some of them, some of them surface. Some of them don't. Some of them get nominated for Emmys, which living tower did, which was so great. And some of them you never hear of again. And, you know, you just keep trucking. That's, that's the, that's the world.
1: I love it. Now, Jenny, we talked about some movies that you're actually producing. Can you tell us about being a producer? Take us behind the scenes on that. We, you know, I think it's it's a rarefied position, and it sounds like, oh yeah, you produce a, sh- a show, or whatever. Can you tell us what's that like? Producing is can it's
2: such a wide range of things. So I'll kind of kind of touch on the things that I do, but there's so many different definitions. So basically a a producer is exactly what it sounds like. It's somebody who produces a show. So what that entails is basically anything from conception of the idea all all the way through doing the nitty gritty of payroll and uh, location scouting and pre-production and design and hiring and budgeting and finance. Most producers, I would say on the whole, find money for projects. That's kind of the job. So they're looking at a big project and they say, okay, we want to produce this project. Let me go figure out a way to secure the finances for it. That's by and large what a producer does, especially if they're an executive producer or a co-executive producer. The kind of producing that I do sometimes involves finding money. But more often than not, I'm kind of a creative producer, which ends up meaning that I, I come up with ideas for shows and for for movies, And I basically hire the staff from the top down. Uh, I hire the director and maybe the the core cast, and then I oversee the projects through its uh, distribution. So it starts, and there's many, many details here. but it starts out with an idea and the development of that idea and the writing. And then it moves to pre production, which is basically a glorified event planning where we find the locations, we find the sets, we find the costumes, we hire all the right people for that particular vision of that particular project. Then we do all the casting, then we shoot the thing, which is called production. And we do, you know, anywhere between one and, say, forty-five shooting days on a project, and it can be more if it's a television show, or less if it's a shorter project. And then, um, and then post-production, which is editing and sound recording, um, you know, ADR. Basically, if, if any sound is messy, then then we re-record it. Then there's sound mixing, um, composing. The music, the sound effects, the coloring of, of the picture to make it brighter and look as it as though you know it's a beautiful scene, and then um, and all those bells and whistles, and then finally when the editing is done, we put the credits on and do the title treatments, and then we send it for uh, distribution. Which hopefully we did at some point in the whole process. So you don't wait until the end for distribution. But that's sort of the the soup to nuts of it, and then. If it's going to do the film festivals, then strategizing about the film festivals and, you know, making sure that they're going to the right places to be seen by the right people to find the story's audience. So it is, it is a monster job. And it's funny because I, you know, I came into the city as an actress because that's what I fell into in school. And, and that's kind of my core in terms of my storytelling. Um, but there's a, it's a world of difference. Being an actress, you're a cog in a really, really fancy machine. A really big one and as a producer you're in charge of the functioning of that machine so it is a totally different ball game and in terms of you know the importance of the person to the project it's entirely um the producing is entirely more responsibility than than acting is um so it's it's interesting being on both sides of it where in one one hand i can be a cog and i can do my part as a team player and,
1: and the other hand i'm the leader of it <laughs> You can be a cog and you can be a wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing all that detail on what it takes. And I am even more impressed at your talent and ability to get things done. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Erso. Just ahead, the chat continues with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment.
4: Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers channel.
0: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VAPressPass by Voice America. All access, all the time.
3: We don't follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Irso. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now back to the Spotlight.
1: All right, we're back with Tony D'Irso on the Spotlight. Check out my other great interviews at TonyDURSO.com/slash radio or using your Android or iPhone. Get the app at tonydurso.com mobile. That's tonydurso.com radio or slash mobile. Today's show is with Jenny Paul, actress and producer. Produced by Jenny Paul, Dead Layer is written and co-directed by Carter Winter and Alexi Reznikov. The film stars Cameron Douglas, son of Oscar winner Michael Douglas. The film casts Cameron as a New York graffiti artist who's tired of living in the streets. All right, back to the chat with Jenny. That's a lot of work you've just listed off to be a producer and actually produce a film or a movie. And hats off to you on that. That's I'm impressed.
2: <laughs> well, I know you know a little bit about this. Uh, this is you you have to produce your show as well, so you know what kind of goes into some of these. I
1: I know it on a Probably a microcosm. Yes, I do produce my show, and it's a lot of work to put a show together and, and do all Absolutely. the filming and stuff. It's so exciting when it's done. I think the final product is it just it's just worth it's just worth everything you can imagine when you've produced it and you're happy with it. It's, it's an incredible level of satisfaction, yes. Absolutely. And now, Jenny, I'd like to know, please, can I put you on the spot? I'm looking here at your special skills and I would love it if you could. She's got, dear audience, Jenny's got special skills. And
2: uh, that's I, so fun. I would rings, put that there. It's so we have to put that there for casting directors. But special
1: I mean, skills. Well, could you regale us maybe with some of your voice specialties like your ethnic and regional accents? Just maybe say a couple lines. I'm not a linguist. And I don't I don't consider I'm a linguist just so you know but I speak the pleasantries in at least a dozen languages just because I love languages. I I amaze people, I'll meet people in line in a, in a, in another country and I'll speak to them of another country and they're just like how did you learn this? Well, it's a hobby of mine. I just love it. And but I don't do all the accents so really well. Like I was just speaking to a lady today from India and She said, my, my Hindi accent is amazing. And, you know, I spoke to someone and I spoke some Hebrew to them and they're like, your accent is so beautiful, but I don't consider myself a linguist. I'm very serious, but you, (laughs) I want to hear, okay, you're from Texas. Okay. So I don't need to hear the Texan, but I would love to hear your wee bit of Irish. Oh my
2: gosh. Well, um, let's see. So my, so I learned Irish, to give you a little background here. I learned it to play uh, Widow Peru in The Music Man, the, uh, the mother of the Ron Howard role in the, in the movie. So let's see. So the Irish, let's see. Um, okay, so I sang a song for that musical, and it this. If you don't mind my saying so. If you don't mind my saying so, you have a bad habit of changing every subject. And then she says, No, I haven't changed the subject. I was talking about that stranger. What stranger in the suitcase? He may be your very last chance. So if you think that I'd allow a common man, now really, Mama, I've got my standards. You know this song from the music, from the music man. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, I know all about your standards, and if you don't mind my saying so, you've got it. There's not a man alive who could hope to measure up to that blend of Paul Bunyan, St. Patrick Noah, Webster you concocted for yourself out of your Irish imagination, or Irish stubbornness, in your library full of books.
1: I love it. I love it. Bravo. Bravo. The only Irish I know is top of the day, lassie. Which well, I'm pro- pro- that you know
2: Hebrew. I know enough Hebrew to say I don't understand Hebrew. <laughs> that's, that's, I met some Israelis on our honeymoon, and, and one of them gave me their seat, and I said, Toda Rabah. And she says, Oh, you speak Hebrew. And I said, Anilo Yodat.
1: <laughs> now I'm going to correct your I accent. No been. charge. Toda <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm, I'm impressed that you have Hebrew. That's great. Oh,
1: yes. I, I, I grew up in Chicago in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. A I love the sweets and I've got some really great, amazing Jewish friends. So yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let's go to Russian.
2: Oh, Russian. Let me think of Russian. I'm trying to think of what to say in Russian.
1: I'm going to tell you something. When my wife and I were dating, since we were talking about our, whatever, significant others, there was this UPS commercial on long time ago. And it just became this funny phrase. And we loved it. It was about this band, this Russian band. And they were sitting on their packages that they had to deliver for UPS. And what's so funny is that at the very end of the line, one of the guys... Is telling the drummer who's sitting on this big box that they're supposed to be delivering, but they're using it to sit. And while they're recording, he goes, No smush, no, no smush the packages, Boris. And, (laughs) and, and, no, no, excuse me, Yori, no smush, no packages. And what's so funny is on our honeymoon, my wife and I were just playing cards, having a drink outside of a restaurant cafe in, in Greece, in Athens. And all night long, she's Boris, and no, she's Yori, and I'm Boris. And I'm always saying, Hey, Yori, you cheat, you know, or whatever. Little Italian there, I can't get rid of it sometimes. And what's funny is all night long, I'm calling her Yori. She's calling me Boris. And the owner is happens to be serving us. And he <laughs> likes us so much that I ask him, What's your name? And his name is Yori. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. Spasiba. Spasiba. <laughs> That's thank you in the Ukrainian.
2: <laughs> oh, that I couldn't have told you for any reason at all. That's impressive.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, Jenny Paul, I loved it. Oh, before we go, is there any contact information that you would like us to know about, aside from the fact that we should just Google you and find your Twitter and Instagram? <laughs>
2: um, my website is uh, JennyPaul.info. So a funny story about that is is you know everybody asked me why don't you have jennypaul.com and I said well that would be nice except that that a nice couple named Jenny and Paul got married in I think 2009 right before uh, all the you know everybody had their own website and um, and they bought the domain name for jennypaul.com so if you go to jennypaul.com it's a, a nice picture of a wedding that's about i don't know nine years old um that uh that that is is up there so i've 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 written them many emails to see if i could uh get a hold of them but i don't want to i don't want to spoil their wedding landing page um but but i think they forgot it exists so instead i am jenny info, so i remember because you can find info on jenny paul
1: seems logical Easy, easy. If you want to get information about Jenny, go to JennyPaul.info. And is there a way if someone wants to contact you, do you, do you accept messages there and stuff? Oh, sure. yeah. There's a, there's a contact me page. Absolutely. Well, great. All right. So if you, but audience, if you want to find out about some of these shows that you can't see, don't ask her about that. Okay. Because that's, it's up to somebody else, not her. She, right now they're not available. So just hang on. All right, Yeah, right. E- enough teasing. <laughs> all right, such an amazing interview with Jenny, Paul, actress and producer. I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of this information, Jenny. I love it. And please, when there's an important update, reach out to me. I'd love to have you back on again.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. The honor is mine. And to our spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right, keep your focus on success and I'll see you next on the Spotlight.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend.